I'm going to tell you why you cannot avoid or afford to avoid your calling in life. And then latest data on Gen Zers and job interviews. You're not going to believe this. Let's go. Helping you win in your work life so that you can win in the rest of your life. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Thrilled that you're with us. All right, I want to talk about this. My thesis on this show is a thesis of my life. And that is what I believe about myself and I believe about all of you. And here it is. You've heard me say it. If you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, you've heard me say you were created to fill a unique role in this world. That means you are needed, and it means you must do it. But have you ever wondered why I say that you must do it? It's a very intentional word. No one is going to force you to fill your unique role in the world. You're not under threat of arrest or being held at gunpoint, but I will tell you, if you neglect discovering, doing what you were born to do, I will tell you there will be a huge cost. Now, you might not see it or feel it right away. In fact, you might not see it for decades. But I can tell you with tremendous confidence you are paying a price if you are not being who you were designed to be. I can tell you right now, if if you're unaware of it, I will tell you you're unfulfilled. You may not be able to tie it, a sense of restlessness or unhappiness, I can tell you, you may not be tying it to this fact that you're not being who you were designed to be, but I can tell you that's what's driving your deep sense of unhappiness or restlessness. Because deep down, your soul is not satisfied. But not only that, there are people who are on this earth in your zip code. Let's make this a little bit more localized, shall we? There are people in your zip code, on your street, in your office, in your church, in your social activities, who were meant to run into you. In other words, you have something that only you can give that will benefit. And if you don't give yourself as a gift to those people, they will suffer. This isn't about you. This isn't about all the mumbo-jumbo and all the the pablum and all the drivel I see on social media where you have people who are taking advantage of folks by promising wealth and fame and tying that to contribution. That's a destructive message. Because, see, that's all about you, what you gain from downloading their course or from following them or liking them. Your calling, your design is not about you, it's about others. So the solution to avoiding the the fates of restlessness or unhappiness, which is really about living unfulfilled and being responsible for the suffering of others, the solution is to give yourself away by making your unique contribution to the world, by being uniquely you. If you aren't aware of how you are uniquely designed and then the stories that 
make your heart sing or make your heart hurt, then you're essentially holding yourself back. You're imprisoning yourself. There's something pretty wild that I learned from neurology research that, 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 that talks about the power of giving. Giving triggers a reward activation in our brain. It's similar to the high that you get from receiving an award or winning money, except it's actually better. And giving is in its primal function, a social activity. And so what happens is when I give something, it activates the pathways in my brain that release the actual chemical of oxytocin. And sometimes it triggers serotonin as well. So this is pretty wild. So you got this cocktail of of oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin all mixed together, right? Picture a bartender just shaking all that up, right? Pouring that in a glass. And it's been coined as the helper's high. It's been called the helper's high. It's actually like a high. And the helper's high, listen, doesn't just boost our mental health. I mean, I think we could all get that right now, right? But it also builds you up physically. How? Well, it lowers blood pressure, for one. And it lessens stress and anxiety. And then it also builds up the relationship quotient for you. The community around you. When we serve our community, it contributes to a sense of fulfillment just as much as personal enjoyment of using what you do best and what you love to do. I mean, this is significant stuff. I think for a moment, and I want to pause here in, in just the story that hits me, you know, as my kids get older, I have three teenagers and my wife and I were reflecting on Christmas this year because the kids are getting older. My oldest is 18. I got a, a soon-to-be 16-year-old uh, and a 14-year-old. And, 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 you know, the gifts have changed. Uh, you know, we used to buy toys and things of that nature. And, and now as the kids get older, their interests are different. And yet one thing hasn't changed is I sat Christmas morning and, and, and my daughter, she's so fun. She, she gets, she's the youngest and she'll get up. And when it's time to open gifts, she goes around and she distributes everybody's gifts to them. And so we're sitting there and, and so we're going, okay, open up the gifts. And, and I, and I remember this year catching myself, everyone else was opening up gifts and I wasn't, I was just sitting there and I couldn't have been happier. Couldn't have been any happier. At some point, my wife said, you know, babe, you open your presents too. But I was so enthralled by watching my kids open their gifts and my wife open their gift. And that's when I realized, you know, it was kind of a fun thing when she kind of kind of woke me up out of my stupor. And I was in a stupor of, this is so awesome to see the kids react. And, and I'm 49 years of age and I'm so blessed. And do I really need anything? And the answer is no. And I got great gifts and all that stuff. But the point was, giving is the gift. Giving of yourself, giving a gift to someone is the gift. Any mature adult understands this. So there is great satisfaction in our day-to-day work when we realize that we are giving of ourselves and making the lives of our customers better. 
And, and, and so you're serving the world with your talent by filling that unique role that you were born to fill. So I use the word must because I believe it is an imperative. I looked up the dictionary definition. I wanted to see what the word must is. What's the right usage of the word? And it means something that should not be overlooked or missed. I thought, man, that's gold. Your contribution, your unique role must be done. It must not be overlooked. That's why I've dedicated the years I've dedicated to helping people see there is uniqueness in your design. That's talent, what you do best, passion, what you love to do most, and mission, the results that motivate you, that you want to see in the world. That's your design. But then there's your story. How were you raised? The home you raised in? What victories did you experience in your life? What losses did you experience in your life? Listen, it is our victories and our losses in the form of professional losses or personal losses and professional wins and and personal wins. All of that shapes us in our environment growing up. And as we sit here today hanging out together, it is our design and our story that make us unique. So as we started off the show, you were created to fill a unique role in your work. That means you are needed. You are really valuable and you must do it. And it's not about you. It's about you touching the lives of others. And in doing that and realizing that, then you get all the benefits, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual benefits of filling your unique role. Don't miss it. You got one shot on this planet. Make it count. I'm here to help. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Hey, high school seniors and parents of high school seniors, it's almost graduation time. And if you're not sure about next steps, I want you to listen to this. Coding skills are essential in today's workforce. And my friends at Bethel Tech, can help you start a new career really fast and do it cheap. It only takes nine months to complete a Bethel Tech course in UI, UX design, full stack development, data science, or cybersecurity. And your young person can get over a thousand hours of experience in a collaborative environment and then get placed. The average starting salary for a junior developer is $66,000. And the field is projected to grow by 22% over the next five years. Software development is a career with an enormously bright future. And right now, Bethel Tech is offering you 10% off if you watch or listen to The Ken Coleman Show and you pay cash. So go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman. BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman right now for details. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, uh, Gen Z, please don't be offended. Be challenged by this because you're not all in this category here we're about to cover, but this is a a growing and troubling trend in the workplace. And I'm raising three Gen Z, so I like Gen Z. I don't like to use broad brush uh, accusations or generalizations of any demographic. But uh, this needs to be covered. So... Two stories here about Gen Z that I got to cover. Uh, headline, KPMG, one of the world's largest accounting firms, is offering extra training to Gen Z recruits 
And uh, so that's the headline. Here we go. Graduates and apprentices are now going to be required to be in person for what they're calling induction weeks. And in those weeks, spend three days a week uh, in the office because they are uh, requiring this to help them onboard from a soft skill standpoint. So if you're unfamiliar with the phrase soft skills, it just means people skills. And so think of soft skills, people skills, and then hard skills are more of your uh, skills that are uh, technically measured, right? So you're good with your hands, good with your brain, whatever. Okay. So KPNG is offering extra classes for new Gen Z hires uh, on things like giving presentations in person and how to collaborate with a team. Now, this is pretty stunning to me when, you know, because you can read stuff like this and you go, okay, that makes a lot of sense. We all need help with this. And I would say this is true of every generation. However, uh, if you think of college education and the amount of money parents are paying or the amount of money that kids are borrowing and they come out of school with a degree and they don't have the basic skills of how to give a presentation, in other words, how to stand up in front of a group of colleagues or customers and give a presentation. It's mind-boggling to me. Don't know how to collaborate with a team. So they didn't play youth sports, or if they played youth sports, the parents were all about them, and so all they ever thought about was them. So they've engaged in very little teamwork activity. But my point is, and I'm not going to go off and bash college, okay? but I am going to raise the question. For all of you pro-college people who think, oh, it is the next best step for my kid or it was the next best step for me, I understand the importance of getting trained in a specific field of work and qualifying you for that field of work, but my goodness, if you spend all that money and you don't come out of there with basic ability to do a presentation or or to, how to know how to collaborate and, and be a team member, I feel like it, you need a check back. I feel like you should get a discount. It's kind of like if I order a nice meal at a restaurant and I order a steak and I order a nice side and let's say that they bring out the sides. I order two sides for the table and the steak's good, but the sides suck or something's wrong with them. I'm going to go, look, I'm not paying full price for this meal. It's like going to college is the steak. You get your degree in a certain area is your steak. But if the sides didn't come out or you didn't get the sides, I want a refund. Pretty fascinating. Now, here's what they're finding in this study. Uh, much of Generation Z is saying, they're raising their hand going, look, I spent the last two years doing remote classes. I haven't interacted much. And now you got hiring managers saying they believe that Gen Z has had their growth stunted as it relates to basic communication and people skills. Okay, so I'm going to say what this article's not saying. I'm a parent of three Gen Zers. Let me tell you what the what the two biggest factors are to stunting these kids and their emotional and their communicative skills, people skills. You ready? Number one is the phone, and I could probably just say it's the phone, period. But I think it's the phone and social media, two specific ways to use the phone. The phone has replaced regular communication in the form of texting. Now, I've said this before, and I my wife doesn't listen to my show because she's got a lot more in her life going on. I'm glad she's not listening today because I was talking about this the other day. My wife is in her 50s. My mother-in-law is in her 70s. We were in the car coming back from 
the airport the other night, Alex, and they were having this very detailed conversation over text. And I'm watching out of the corner of my eye as I'm driving, my wife feverishly texting. I mean, the thumbs are just like, just firing away. And she's kind of like, she's like, well, my mom didn't know this. And she's kind of clued me in on the conversation. And I'm sitting there driving. And I've been watching what amounts to about a 10-minute text conversation happen. And I finally said to my wife, and I, by the way, this is an ongoing conversation. And now she just laughs at me. And I go, why don't you pick up the phone and just call your mom? Because what took 10 minutes of detailed texting would take two minutes in a phone conversation, right? But this is what the phone has done. This stupid thing has stunted all of our communication. So I'm not picking on Gen Z, but Gen Z doesn't know life without this thing. They were babies and we shoved this device in their hand and they've grown up and you know what they do? They don't talk to each other. I kid you not. I was taking my boys to a game about three years ago and their buddies were in the car with us. I had a full Suburban. And I watched them text each other in the car. They're sitting next to each other. And they had a group text going. Now, partly that was because they probably didn't want to say the stuff they wanted to say in front of me. I get it. But the very fact that they would do that. You see what I'm saying? It's a new option. It's replaced eyeball-to-eyeball, knee-to-knee conversation. That's the first thing. Texting has ruined all of our lives. Chat. You know, all of it. It's obnoxious. Look somebody in the eye and talk to them. Second thing is social media. And and, and they they obviously access social media via the device. But social media is another thing that's just stunted everything. Because now everything's about a comparison. And they can't actually communicate unless it's social media friendly. All right, second article. So... That's why they're having to do this. And listen, this is the right thing. Real leaders, leaders who are going to lead this generation, they're going to have to go, you know what? I'm going to dig in, dive in, roll my sleeves up, and I'm going to teach these kids how to communicate. And by the way, you will separate yourself. So I say uh, bravo, KPMG. Now, second issue on, on, uh, and I'm going to get to this quick because this is the kind of story right here that gives me a Pepsi AC Tums moment where I need to pop one in because of my heartburn. All right, headline, Gen Z job seekers are bringing mom and dad to interviews, and it's turning off employers. You think? Oh, mom and dad, please let your child learn how to live. Stop this. This is madness to me. Uh, This is from a study by Intelligent. They surveyed 800 managers and directors and executives that are all uh, involved intimately in hiring. And uh, the the consensus is employers are trying to hire older professionals even though they're going to have to pay more in salary and benefits. And the reason is they're trying to avoid new college grads. 39% of employers who responded to this said they prefer to hire older job seekers. In part, because these young professionals don't make a good first impression in job interviews. Now, I want to stop on this really quick. If you understand the first article I shared as a leader and you go, this is what I'm dealing with, 
and you don't throw your hands in the air. Meaning, yes, frustrated, miffed, have all the emotions of how is this even possible that we've got, okay. But if you go, if you can get beyond their first impression and you go, do they have the raw talent? And do I think they're teachable and coachable? And if that's the case, press forward. Keep going. Don't just throw your hands in the air because they don't present right, right, right out of the gate. They haven't been raised right. All right. Uh, more than half the employers said young recruits struggle to make eye contact during the interview. 50% said they asked for unreasonable compensation. Well, again, they're clueless. They've never lost anything in their life. They've never had to work for anything in their life. God bless these candidates. Not all Gen Z, by the way, but these type of candidates. They don't look at you in the eye because they've been living at looking at the phone. They haven't had to look their friends in the eye. You think they're going to look you in the eye? Give them a little grace. Understand you got to coach them. Um... And and this issue of 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 young people showing up with their parents, I'm not blaming the young people for that. I'm blaming the parents for that. These parents should have said, "No, Sonny, you're gonna be okay. Let me help you prep. You're gonna do fine. Come on, parents, get out of the helicopter." This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't we all need help being better? And they're great at it. You know, we all carry around a lot of stress from our family life and our professional life, and it can just hit us at the same time. Big stuff, small stuff. And we can talk to our friends, or maybe you have a great relationship with a leader at work or a coworker, but you may not feel comfortable telling them everything. I know I wouldn't. And when we keep things bottled up, it will eventually leak out, and it's really negative. But therapy, it's a safe space. To get everything off your chest with an unbiased professional and figure out how to work through the stuff that's weighing you down. So if you've thought of therapy before, you're thinking about it now, please try BetterHelp. Therapy isn't just for people who've gone through trauma. It's great to build skills, to become better personally and professionally. And BetterHelp is flexible enough to fit your busy schedule because it's completely online. All you do is fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get stuff off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ken today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ken. Welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, if you're enjoying the program, you can help us grow two ways. If you're watching via YouTube, liking the videos, uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel and sharing is the way you can do that. And if you listen via your favorite podcast app, uh, a follow, a five-star review, and a share is also uh, very much appreciated. That's how you grow in today's world. So thank you very much for listening and watching. Let's go now for a coaching session to the Trenton, New Jersey area where Jeremy awaits. Jeremy, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. How can I help? Hi, Ken. I, I just wanted to say how excited I am to be on your show, and I can't believe I'm actually talking to you. Well, I'm thrilled to be talking to you, Jeremy. What's up? And I wanted to say congratulations on the Michigan Wolverines. Well, thank you very much. I've been waiting for that victory my whole life and uh, was blessed to be able to go to the game uh, with my wife, Stacy. It was a big, big night, and uh, I'm glad I still have a voice. I wasn't sure it was gonna it was going to make it this week, but thank you, sir. Go blue to all my Michigan Wolverine fans. All right, what's up? So, 
So my question is, um, I want to become an airline pilot. Uh, right now I'm a truck driver. I got into trucking during post COVID era and, um, I'm just not sure it's for me. Um, what are you, what are you unsure of? Tell me the part that you're unsure of. Uh, so I want to say I like the job itself. Um, but I've been through a couple of different trucking jobs in the past couple years. Uh, none of them have seemed to work. Um, I know like it's time away from the family and stuff like that. I get that. And I like living in the truck and everything, but, um, also we're not exactly, I feel like truck drivers are kind of treated like second class citizens. Okay. Those are very Um, good reasons. I was just curious. I want you to keep going with your question, but I was just curious about what's causing you to doubt it. Um, and I think that those are, those are legitimate issues that, you may not be able to overcome and I get that. So keep going. Yeah. So, um, I'm really interested in becoming an airline pilot. Um, I feel like there's a lot of respect for airline pilots. I feel like, uh, they're very happy with their job. They make decent money. They get to travel. Um, kind of like what trucking is, except I feel like they're more highly respected. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question is, obviously I've been following you and Dave for a while now and, um, I don't want to take out any more loans for either school or Good. any kind of schooling or training. Great. So um, do you have any debt now? I do have, uh, maybe like a few thousand in student loans that I need to pay off, but that's it. That's it. Great. And what are you? What's your income right now? Probably about sixty or seventy k a year. Okay. All right. So, what's your question for me on uh, the aviation school? So, the aviation schools that I look looked into are about a hundred thousand. Okay. And how it works is at least how I'm assuming it works is you have to get a loan for the full hundred thousand yeah. and some airlines will reimburse you for tuition afterwards, but you're already in debt at that point. Yeah. And how much does that happen? Do you know what the rate of that is? How many airlines actually reimburse? I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, see, I'd get some real homework on this because that sounds really great. But yeah. but one of the things I would recommend is that you really do your homework on that. Like, which airlines, is it a done deal, guaranteed? What I mean by that is is that's if you get hired, that they sure. will absolutely reimburse you. Do you have to be kind of like a pre-hire? I would just want to know before I ever entertain the idea of a loan that is going to be reimbursed. Because, uh-huh. you know, we just don't borrow money. Uh, in in Ramsey land and and I have a better solution for you if you're willing to wait a bit but it's going to get you where you want to go sure and I can guarantee you won't have to take a loan you ready okay and I was talking by the way this comes from uh, a, a meeting I had actually dinner my wife and I had with another couple recently and he is a 
jumbo jet pilot for FedEx. He's a former Navy pilot. Mm. And I asked him about this issue because I get this question fairly regularly on the show. And you you have two options. Well, you have three options. The third option I don't want you to take, and that's getting the loan and then riding the lottery, if you will, for our airline to reimburse you. That that makes me very nervous. Yeah. And that's in alignment with where your values are on loaning money. Now, mm-hmm. the second option is you just stay in the truck, you pay off your credit card debt, you should be able to pay that off in a month um, or two max, and you start saving. And let's say you can save 20000 a year. I think somebody like you... Could probably save a lot more than that, but let's say you could save twenty thousand a year. That's five years of saving money. But now you go take care of business, and you and you you're not in debt. The what I think is the best option for some, not for everybody, but for some, joining the military and being trained as a pilot by the military, and they're paying you while training you and not only that uh the gi bill um you can can then go get whatever additional uh schooling you need done paid for by the federal government because of your service and and then you know you come out of this thing with two things you served you got that benefit and now you're in the airlines and you've been trained by the military and then any additional training you need would be covered by the GI Bill. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is a viable option as well. Both both of those options, those two, require you to be patient. But both of those get you where you want to go with zero debt. Okay. That's the trade-off. Yeah. You know, if I walked out on the street today with a camera crew, and uh, we should probably do this sometime, Alex. But if I walked down on the street and I said, are you willing to do whatever it takes if I told you very clearly what you had to do? Would you be willing to do what it takes to step into the work that you've always wanted to do? Or dream job. I could position it that way. And I think most people go, yeah. But if I followed up and said, are you willing to wait as long as it takes? I dare say the answer might be a little different. Meaning, if I offered you a good job a good pay and good benefits now or in the next 12 months, 18 months. Or I offered you an even better job, with better pay, meaningful work, all of that, but it's five to seven years away. Which one would you take? Jeremy, what would your answer be? Uh, I guess I would take the five to seven years, even though it's, tough because you want that you want that we want everything now (laughs) we live in a society where pretty much anything you want you can get pretty quickly Mm -hmm. except for worthy dreams i've never heard about a worthy dream that you could get fast never i've interviewed and i mean i've been blessed to interview the most successful people jeremy in the world in multiple arenas, sports, business, politics. I've interviewed them all. I could name drop. It would be obnoxious. But the one thing that I know is every one of them, wildly successful women and men, 
They did not get to where they are overnight. They did not get to where they are in six months. They did not get to where they are in six years. And so I think if you can really harness this, I would look into the military option right now. I really would. Okay. But I would also bust my butt and get on the phone with airlines and find out the ins, the outs of what it takes to actually get there. And they are they are needing candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is none of it is worth going into debt for a hundred grand or more. So if you're willing yeah. to wait, man, you are gonna be the winner. How old are you, Jeremy? I never asked you that. Um, I'm thirty one, which uh brings me to the point of the military. I don't know if this is accurate or not, because I haven't talked to a recruiter. Okay. Um I know for the uh I read online for the Air Force um, I think I wouldn't qualify only because uh, you need to be a certain age when you become an officer, and the pilot is an officer. Okay, but do um, your homework on the Army. The Army sure. has pilots, you know. Coast Guard's yeah. got pilots. My point is, is you are turning over every rock that you need to turn over right now, and in doing so, you're going to find out what the best path forward is. But I can tell you this, it is worth the wait not going into debt for flight school. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Thanks for listening to the Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.